The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas from Dante. Also, Sherry Kennedy standing by with Cruise News and to answer one of your listener questions about dining on a cruise ship. Uh, Before we get to Sherry, don't forget our Cruise Radio YouTube channel now launched. Yeah, you can see how bad I suck doing video. Just check out Cruise Radio on YouTube or I'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So I want to start off with this story because I've been there kind of. A cruiser got slapped with a $14,000 cell phone bill for data roaming on a cruise. What are the details here? Yeah, this was a German family on a cruise, and their 12-year-old son had access to his iPhone or his you know, smart device, whatever it was. And he connected to the ship's phone network, of course, went to the satellite, and he did a lot of data downloading. Um, so, you know, in, in Germany, it's different if you're in the EU, you know, you have, you can, you can go from country to country and not rack up any charges, but this poor kid, um, his company ended up charging $30 per megabyte for downloaded data. So, um, the movies he watched led up to a $14,000 phone bill. Now, the good news is that, you know, like we, like you and I have both done here, we, you know, appeal our case to AT&T or our carrier. And I know we've both been lucky getting the bill knocked down quite a bit. Well, they got the bill knocked down from 14000 but only to 6000 So, yeah, it's an $8,000 savings, but $6,000 phone bill. Oh. So apparently they're going to find a lawyer and hope to reduce the bill even more. So they're going to find a lawyer that'll take the case, pay the lawyer. So I wonder if at the end of the day, if it'll be worth getting a lawyer, you know? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I yeah. think I would start a letter writing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> but, I cannot. I mean, I almost had a heart attack when my bill was $586 back in 2009. I couldn't imagine. You know, the phone the phone carrier should have cut them off at a certain amount, though, too. They should. They should you know? just send you the, you know, maybe they did send warnings and maybe he just dismissed it. But yeah, they didn't cut him off. That's yeah. for sure. Hmm. Moving on, Carnival Magic had a little issue coming back to Port Canaveral, which impacted its next cruise. What happened? Yeah, it's started out um, on a seven-night sailing. Uh, someone became ill on the ship, and, you know, it was like a dominoes. The ship had to divert to Cozumel. Therefore, it was late coming back to Port Canaveral. So that would, of course, mean a late departure, and the port of call of St. Thomas had to be scrubbed. On top of the ship being late to depart, there was also a propulsion issue, so the ship couldn't speed it up to get there to include St. Thomas. So, like I said, it was canceled, but they, you know, they did offer some compensation. So every person received a $50 onboard credit. Of course, any pre-purchased shore excursions for St. Thomas were refunded as well as 
St. Thomas government fees and taxes. Uh, so, you know, the guests were informed ahead of time that there would be a disruption, and they asked them, to, you know, please understand the situation. But, uh, you know, these things happen. What can you do? The ship is out now, and we'll be back on time to Port Canaveral. Yeah, Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas is coming back to Florida with a $120 million refurbishment. Give us the details here. Yeah, good old Mariner of the Seas. That was one of our favorite ships back in 2003. It's part of the Voyager class, and it still carries 3,114 passengers. Um, They've added, like you said, millions of dollars. There's going to be the Skypad, which is, I don't know about this, it's it's a bungee trampoline that you can wear a virtual reality headset while you're jumping up and down, and, you know, if you don't get nauseous, it's probably like bouncing around on the moon in zero Mm -hmm. gravity. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Then they have the Bamboo Room, which is a Polynesian bar, Uh, Perfect Storm. This will be a popular attraction, of course. It's three stories, as they say, of twisting, turning thrills. Dual high-speed slides are also included, so... You know, it's another outdoor activity. There's going to be a laser tag, and they're building a, or they have built, a, it's called Playmakers Sports Bar and an arcade. Last but not least, they have this thing called the Observatorium, and it's um, a puzzle break. So as they explain it, you're supposed to find hidden clues and figure out codes in an attempt to rescue a time traveling scientist okay it sort of sounds a little bit like um what's it wasn't doc brown gets lost or something and you try to find him uh, that's from back to the future yeah you lost me <laughs> so yeah that's for the mariner um and just a little information she will be sailing out of miami um starting this month and then uh may 6th of the next year we're going to get her back at port canaveral so that's pretty exciting. May 6, 2019, Mariner returns for three- and four-night cruises. So Royal Caribbean just purchased a major stake in a luxury cruise line. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Apparently, the president of Royal Caribbean, Richard Fain, is good friends with the owner of Silver Sea Cruises. They've known each other for quite a while, and Royal Caribbean now owns 66.7% share in Silver Seas. It cost over a billion dollars. And the uh, the purchase is expected to be finalized sometime by the end of this year. Um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I compare this with the way, um, you know, Norwegian has Norwegian, Oceana, and Regent. Um, and now Royal Caribbean will have it. It'll be Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Azamara, and Silver Sea. So there's something for everybody in that. And, you know, people are trying to downsize to smaller ships, especially in, you know, 50 and up, 55 and up. So, you know, they're forward thinking on this one, I think. And I like the idea. We've seen a lot of new cruise ships launch this year, Symphony, Horizon, Bliss. What do we have left for 2018? Well, the last two for this year will be Holland America's new Stottendam coming out in December, as well as the new Celebrity Edge. And a little bit about this new Stottendam, this is the sixth ship in their fleet, actually, to be named Stottendam. We'll have 2,650 passengers and, of course, is sister ship to the Koningsdam. They're going to add some uh, solo staterooms, just like the Koningsdam also has, and the first sailing from Fort Lauderdale will be on December 19th, and it's a four-night Bahamas cruise. And then going over to Celebrity Edge, this is the first ship for this new class, which, of course, is called Edge Class. Um, And this new ship will carry 2,908 passengers and will also have solo occupancy staterooms, which, as we've talked about before, 
may not be as good a value as we, you know, as they yeah. want you to think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Listener question comes from Susan in Dalton, Georgia. We have been assigned an 815 dining time on our upcoming cruise. My husband is very introverted and wants to make sure we're not sitting with other people. My first question is, is that possible? Secondly, can we do this before our cruise? Yes, Susan. Uh, this, is a, this is a good question because I have run into a lot of people on my travels that are sitting at table for twos because they didn't want to socialize. And uh, almost every ship has the option to request a table for two. Um, you should do this immediately after you make your deposit. Um, you know, when they, there's, if your travel agent can do it, or of course you can do it, or the reservationist at the cruise line can do it, and you just say table for two. Now, remember, it's a request. It's not a guarantee. Um, there's not a lot of two tops in the main dining room. So if you end up getting stuck, heaven forbid, at table for four, you know, beat feet to the maitre d' and say you want a table for two for the next night. Um, and, and as an alternative to this, you have your specialty restaurants, even, you know, for a fee or not, they can. They have more tables for two than main dining rooms generally do. So um, if that is an option, if you want to try the specialty restaurants, as soon as your deposit's done, get online and make your reservations for that too. And of course, specify a table for two. A couple of things on this. So they, the maitre d' normally keeps hours when on embarkation day. Go in there with a $20 bill in your hand. That normally goes pretty far. Also ask to be switched to another dining time if the one you want doesn't have a two-top. What do you think, Sherry? That would be correct. And yes, about slipping the maitre d' at 20, I have seen that done time mm-hmm. and time again. It does put you to the front of the queue on many occasions. And, uh, yeah, all those are good options uh, in lieu of not getting what you want um, from the get-go. And, yeah, especially usually the maitre d' is available between 3 and 5 p.m. on sail-away day. Run down there and double-check. Sometimes there's a long line for that. If that's the case, just do a walk-around and go look for your table. Yeah. And then come on back or, you know, maybe you'll be lucky and it will be a table for two and all's well that ends well. You can send your questions to Doug at CruiseRadio.net, D-O-U-G at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. See you later. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. 
know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. So Dante and his wife just got back from a three-night sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas, a three-night Bahamas cruise out of Miami. And he joins us on the line. How you doing, bud? Doing very well, Doc. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Can't wait to hear all about Enchantment. It's been a little while since we've heard from her. So uh, before we get to the ship, let's take a step back and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this three-night, we'll call it a booze cruise, out of Miami to Bahamas? Yeah, it, we were very uh, trepidatious about the booze cruise aspect. Uh, my wife is expecting, and we were looking for a last cruise uh, before the baby was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were looking for a baby moon cruise. And yeah, one of the things we were kind of uh, scared of was the booze cruise reputation, but we were really into trying trying out a Royal Caribbean cruise. Uh, this is our first Royal Caribbean cruise. Very good. So you're up in North Carolina and you made your way down to Miami. Did you drive or fly? Uh, we flew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we flew in the, the night before. We, we stayed uh, in downtown Miami at one of the Eurostar hotels, our first time at one of those. And it was a good experience just the night before um, and just lifted in from the airport and then lifted from the hotel uh, to the cruise port. Uh, no problems at all. And how was embarkation for you once you got to the pier? Well, we were kind of scared because, again, this is our first time um, in the Royal Caribbean and we hear that sometimes, uh, and we've experienced ourselves in Miami, um, a bit of a... Uh, delay, I guess, getting onto cruise ships. Uh, we got in so early that uh, it was a breeze. We were not, um, I think it's the Crown and Anchor Society. Mm-hmm. We were not part of that yet. And we, we were going to think we were going to wait online for a while, but we went right through. There were no problems whatsoever. Curb to ship was probably a half an hour and it probably took that long because we were trying to get as many pictures as possible <laughs> nice. going into the, going into it. Very good. So you make your way on Enchantment. What were your first impressions of the ship? Uh, we were pretty blown away um, because, again, we we know that it's one of the older ships and one of the smaller ships on uh, the Royal Fleet. Um, but we got in and the decor was like stunning. We walked in, we we're like, wow, this looks like a new ship. Um, and we we heard later on, I think that uh, uh, it was in dry dock just this past December. So it, all the furnishings, all everything seemed very new, and it was stunning looking. Very good. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? We did an ocean view guarantee, okay. and uh, I, we got really lucky on this. Uh, it was a nice, big stateroom. Um, actually bigger than what we were expecting to find for an ocean view. Um, we've sailed uh, balcony classes in the past, and I feel like it was as big as one of the balconies that we've had in a previous cruise. Uh, lots of storage, and we we loved the look of it. Again, everything seemed to be freshened up. Uh, great stateroom. Now, you mentioned it was a guarantee, so it sounds like it exceeded your expectations for a guarantee. It really did. Yeah. Um, I think – so we – we were traveling with friends, um, and they got a similar room, and I don't think they did the guarantee, um, and at, it was it seemed to be a fairly good deal with the guarantee, saying that. <laughs> nice. So what did you think about the food on Enchantment? The food was really good. Um, so uh, we had uh, 
we're used to uh, the freestyle dining on Norwegian. So we ended up doing the my time dining um, on, in the main dining rooms. Uh, we had some great courses. My wife is vegetarian and they allowed us to try out some of, uh, I guess, off menu items. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had, she basically for every meal, she had uh, Indian food. Nice. And I guess this is like something that uh, it, it's off the menu. I guess maybe they do. They, it's some, something that the crew has. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It was authentic. It actually had a good bit of spicy kick to it, too, which we were surprised about. Um, and uh, our mates, who are also uh, Indian food fans that we uh, sailed with, had some too. And uh, yeah, every time we went there, it was it was really cool. Did you do all three nights in the main dining room? Uh, we did, mm-hmm. and we were with uh, our friends. Have a little one too, so uh, they really uh, gave a lot of attention to the little one as well. But they looked out for us, especially with. Uh, my wife's dietary needs. We did do the Windjammer for lunches. For my wife and I, it wasn't great. Our friends have been on the enchantment uh, previously. Actually, uh, ironically or unironically, uh, uh, they were there for their baby moon, um, but that was before the refresh. And they were commenting on how how great the Windjammer update looked. It looked spectacular. Uh, my wife was a little disappointed in the fact that there were not a lot of veggie options for the Windjammer. On top of that, it was not well marked what was vegetarian and what was not. And um, it, that kind of uh, posed a bit of a challenge. So we ended up uh, by, uh, I guess, the middle of the cruise, uh, like avoiding that and trying to go to the main dining room as much as possible. Now, as far as entertainment on this sailing, a little quick three-night cruise, what did you think of it? We unfortunately did not get a good chance to go to um, a lot of the shows. My wife and I are not uh, big Broadway people, Mm -hmm. but we did do like the interactive stuff like the karaoke. I'm a big karaoke fan. We did some of the bingo, and we did some of the other um, outside the the main – stage type entertainment things and everything seemed to go very very well we were a little underwhelmed by uh the bingo which is an odd thing to say but um in a previous uh norwegian sailing i guess they really amp up the bingo and we have previously won a cruise with a bingo so we were kind of i guess taken aback that they didn't care about the bingo too much we also did a, a fair amount of uh, slots playing in the casino and again we tried to do a slot tournament and were they they had to cancel it because not a lot of people were attending and huh. that was a little un- underwhelming as well which is I, we were surprised about <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the casino um some ships have really bad smoke issues in the casino it, do you remember was enchantment is enchantment one of those ships it was mm-hmm. um it was and it was uh, fairly remarkable in the fact that like uh, again my my wife is pregnant, so we we're trying to avoid the smoke as much as possible. We were staying in the non-smoking section, and uh, the cruisers uh, seemed to ignore that. Uh-huh. I mean, they smoked wherever they wanted to. Right. There's also one of those, uh, two of those machines where you have trying to fit the key in mm-hmm. the slot. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, you could get an iPad or, or some cash. 
Uh, a lot of people are playing that. That was right at the entrance, uh, basically right next to Bolero. Um, and people were just gathering there, playing that and smoking. Oh, and gosh. it was wafting into Bolero. So <laughs> it was a little bit annoying in that. And we weren't too happy about that. But it was one of the minor inconveniences, I think. Well, you mentioned Boleros. How was the music around the ship? The music was great. Um, the musicians were like top notch. The second we came up to the top deck when we embarked, uh, the, the music was blasting and they were playing some great hits. Um, and everywhere you went, they had a, a great bands playing. And um, it was, it, was uh, it created a good environment um, and a, a good ambiance for the, for the cruising. As far as sea days go, now this was supposed to hit Coco Key and Nassau, but I understand you missed Coco, is that correct? That is correct. And we were very excited to do the Coco Key. We, we got one of those uh, beach beds. We reserved one of the beach beds. Um, and I guess in the past when we did Norwegian, uh, we missed their private island as well. We were particularly bummed just because the, the beach beds looked, looked amazing. And all my wife really cared about was actually going to the beach. Um, luckily, when we ended up going to Nassau, we were suggested, uh, and it was great, the excursion dust worked with us so, so well. We ended up going to Balmoral Island. And we got a cabana there, and it had a, its own private section. And that was a great experience, except for one thing. Um, unfortunately, where the cabanas were, there was a bit of a, a staircase up and down. There weren't really any railings, and my wife took a little bit of a tumble, and she ended up hurting her foot. Ooh. So we actually got a little experience with the medical bay as well. Oh, man. Is she, was she okay? She was okay. She caught herself. They thought it was a sprain there. Uh, the staff in the medical office, everyone was incredibly professional and uh, really caring. And it is a top-notch facility. Um, I work in, in the medical field, and to see what they had there, it was, it was really impressive. They didn't end up doing an x-ray because she was uh, pregnant, but they said it was a sprain. We ended up finding out it was a, a small break when we got back to shore, but uh, it was an interesting experience <laughs> in the for the baby. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind me asking, how does that work? Like you mentioned she, so she took a fall when she was on land, correct? Yes. So um, this is the interesting part. We got the excursion through Royal Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And I guess because it was through Royal Caribbean, um, it's something I guess they guarantee for what they have. So everything, all the treatment was free. Okay. Uh, they actually gave her crutches. They gave her a cane. They were amazing about it. They supplied us with uh, a wheelchair and also uh, in disembarkation, they really helped us out. I mean, we like sped past everything at the end with the wheelchair and it was really good they really took care of us now in the past we we unfortunately uh, on a norwegian cruise we actually experienced some sickness uh, i think my wife may have caught the norovirus mm -hmm. so we got to check out the um norwegian escape sick bay too and that is that's a very great facility as well yeah. but um that was not because of a um anything that uh, the cruise line did. 
So luckily we had trip insurance and trip insurance like saved us like thousands of dollars. Wow. Admit it. You're in the medical field. So you just want to see the medical bays and all these ships, don't you? Hey, I got to say, it is kind of exciting to see that and to see how advanced they are. Uh-huh. I mean, like, there was an x-ray machine right next to us. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, they've come a long way, that's for sure. Now, as far as the sea days go, because you did skip Coco, so how were the sea days on the ship as far as crowds and congestion? So it is a smaller ship, so we did kind of experience that, especially uh, the Coco day. That was one of the big bummers because we were trying to hit the solarium, it was the solarium's a great spot. Um, looks great, but again, by the time we ended up going over there for the uh, impromptu sea day, it was full. It was you, you couldn't even sit anywhere. You could only sit near the cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were kind of bummed about that. And even that Viking Crown Lounge is the quiet spot. We tried to go there for a little bit. Unfortunately, on the top of the Viking Crown Lounge is the Diamond Lounge, and there was a party going on at the same time when, when we were up there. So it was not much of a quiet lounge. Mm-hmm. That said, our, our friends are Diamond members, and they've been on a lot of Royal Caribbean cruises. They said that that specific Diamond Lounge is one of the best and most courteous uh, Diamond Lounge experiences they've ever had. Wow. Okay. But for us, it was too loud. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Just curious, like because you've you've sailed, you mentioned before we started recording that you started cruising in around 2014 and you've done, um, well, you did Disney and a couple of NCLs and you really like NCL. How does Royal Caribbean compare to NCL? So it might be unfair. We are still fervent NCL fans. Mm-hmm. Um, we like the, the freestyle cruising. We do want to get into one of the bigger new modern ships and see how that experience is going to be. Because again, the smaller ships coming out of Miami for the three-day weekends, they have a specific thing going for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do want to give Royal another chance, well, probably more than another chance, and see how the the bigger ship experience is going to be. But right now, we are still NCL fan people. Okay. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was your debark process? You mentioned they kind of, um, it went well with the wheelchair and they got it right off the ship. Yes. What we did find, though, we were lucky enough to just be whisked through. Mm -hmm. And when I mean whisked through, I mean, it took probably less than 15 minutes. And that includes like picking up our luggage. Like they were really kind with the wheelchair. That said, we were looking at how the debark went for other people. There were definitely bottlenecks going on. And I think some people may be like trying to sneak out quickly. And we don't know exactly what that was about, but there definitely were a lot of names called that they had to see uh, guest services before they left and lots of people trying to like sneak through the line pretty quickly. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they don't normally get too far when they try to do that. No, I mean, and yeah. they didn't hear either, but uh, it, there were definitely bottlenecks being caused lots of uh, arguments, which we haven't really experienced that before. Yeah, takes all kinds, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So looking back on this three-night sailing, uh, what was the biggest highlight for you? So um didn't bring this up yet, but we did the behind-the-scenes tour. That was amazing. That was by far our favorite part of it. I mean, we're we're a little dorky like that. We like to see like the underpinnings of what, what the ship is like. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it was just going to be like a, a pretty standard like uh, walk-through tour. No, we, we got to see 
everything. They brought us back to the back of the kitchen. We saw the process of how they made like soups and like pastries and even the ice sculptures in the back. It, it was pretty impressive. And that was, uh, we, we got to go back also to like the crew quarters, uh, saw where like they get the food in. And on top of that, I mean, they brought us to the bridge and I will never forget that. We, uh, they let us actually sit on the captain's chair, use the captain's glasses and go on um, the wings to see how they use the controls on the wings basically mm-hmm. to, um, to thrust her in. Yeah. Uh, we were able to like go on that and look down the mirrored floor to see how, uh, what the captain sees when they're trying to thrust her in. I did not think they would do that. And that was worth the price of admission right there in, in our eyes. What does something like that set you back? I know like on Carnival has the behind the fun tour and it's around a hundred dollars per person. What does this run? I think it's probably around, I, I don't recall, um, offhand, but I think it was from 80 to uh, 140. I think it was 140 if, if I'm, okay. I'm correct and uh, worth every penny yeah, of that. Sounds I mean, like it. I mean, just to, I will, I will frame that picture of me on the captain's chair wearing the captain hat. It was really fun. Yeah. I, I geek out on that technical stuff too. It's really cool getting to see all that. Okay, cool. Well, do you have any first time tips for someone? I mean, being a first time Royal Caribbean cruiser yourself, do you have a first, any first time tips to offer? I would say, uh, the biggest thing for us was just finding your spots. I mean, we, we found out that the, uh, solarium, Cafe was a great place to grab a, a bite to eat for, especially for snacks or for lunch, uh, especially when the wind jammer was packed mm-hmm. and the main dining room was packed. They had great sandwiches and the solarium again, even though it was crowded the times we wanted to go, it's a nice little hideaway yeah. um, to go on. Well, uh, in closing here, final thoughts of Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas. We had a great time. Obviously, um, the fall wasn't fun, but the staff at Royal Caribbean really made everything go smoothly for us. And we're going to do Royal Caribbean again. Still NCL fans, but we're going to do Royal Caribbean again. Dante, thanks for being on the show and good luck with your little one, man. Thanks a lot, Doug. I appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.